for me, team, I always use it a little bit as, as the T for trust, the E for energy, the A for accountability, and the M for mindset. Those four things are for me crucial for teamwork. Hi, I'm Aaron Levy, and I have this vision of a workplace where your manager doesn't suck, where instead your manager is your coach, helping you to reach your full potential at work. I founded Raise the Bar, wrote Open, Honest, and Direct, and started this podcast to help companies transform their workplace into a place where both the company and employee succeeds. In this podcast, I get to interview leaders who built high-performing teams and learn from them on what it takes to unlock a team's potential. Today is a special episode. We're lucky to have a professional athlete who has been successful on so many levels. On Waters has played for more than 20 years of professional basketball in seven different countries over three continents. She's won four times in the EuroLeague. She was drafted first in the WNBA, won a WNBA championship. She's won a Euro Cup title, a bronze medal in the European Championship, and was also named European Player of the Year five times. Ann comes on and shares her stories and her lessons of what it takes to lead and play on and be a part of high-performing, successful teams. And her stories translate not just to the basketball court, but also into to life and into our teams at work. And so I think you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with Ann and enjoy. Ann, I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast and to have this conversation with you. When I first got introduced to you, I was like, oh my God, what a storied career. You've played basketball for more than 20 years with some stops and starts to build a family in between. You won the EuroLeague title four times, the WNBA championship, Euro Cup. You had a bronze medal at the, at the European championships. You have done quite a few things in not just your playing career, but also, you won the championship with the uh, with the sky last year. So, like, thank you for coming on. Thank you for making time. Well, thank you first of all for having me, Aaron. I always love to share my experiences out of the sports world with all types of people. You know, from business world, corporate world, leadership. I think there's so much parallels to be really honest when we look at a basketball team and when we look in corporate settings so i'm always really really happy when i can share those experiences and at the same time i'm always open to listen to what we can learn so i love it when when we can have those different worlds coming together yeah i want to dive so much into that like you've been successful on so many different teams and so many different stages and before I like get too ahead of myself, I'd love to just hear your story. Like, how did you get here? Yeah, well, it's kind of a nice story, to be honest. So I am a Belgian. And when I was growing up in Belgium, well, basketball is not as popular as here in the States. So it was kind of by coincidence, I started to play basketball because our whole system is differently. And we do have some school sports, but everything is more so organized in clubs. So from a young age, you kind of already have to choose which sports you're going to do. And at that time, I didn't really have one sport that I was doing, but I was already very tall. <laughs> so one, one day, somebody who was in my class just asked me and said like, hey, why don't you join me for practice after school? And I was like, okay, why not? And that's how I kind of, yeah, by coincidence, <laughs> really fell in the basketball world. And at that time, 
I was this tall teenager kid. I didn't have that much confidence, to be honest, in myself because I always wanted to look smaller and I wasn't really proud of being that tall. And when I started to play basketball, that's already the first thing that really, really helped me. It felt like I was at home and that all of a sudden, well, I saw other people that were also tall and being that tall also was a big advantage for me. So slowly then I... I started to believe more in myself. My confidence grew. So that's already, I think, maybe the biggest thing that basketball has taught me. And from there on, everything went pretty quickly. I started to play play professional basketball right after high school. So I didn't go to college. So that's a little bit different also. You went straight to play professional. Well, that's a big leap. Yeah, that is a big jump into the unknown. It was already kind of a big jump really in the unknown. Also for my parents, for example, they wanted for their daughter, like a more traditional path where there's education, where there would be a degree, a university and all that. And I kind of, at that time, I already had maybe a strong character and and I kind of felt that I was like, oh, I want to do something with this basketball because in those couple of years that I was playing basketball, it helped me. I felt so good and, and, and I was already really passionate about it and I wanted to get better and better and better. So I knew, I felt it deep inside of me that I wanted to do something more with basketball. For example, here college where you have your education and you play sports at a high level, it's not really like that in Belgium. So when I got the opportunity to go and play in France, professional basketball, well, that was big. I mean, and I didn't even know that at that time I could make money by playing basketball. So everything was very new. It was very new also for my parents. Yeah, they were a little bit scared, I think, you know, that their daughter would choose all of a sudden a different path. But at the same time, it felt also good. And I was right away, I I had the level already to play professional basketball. Of course, I had tons that other things that I had to improve, that I had to learn, really, it made me happy. And I was doing it every single day. I was just really keen on on getting better. And I think in life also, a lot of times you do have to be lucky also. And I was fortunate enough that I right away, I, I got into a team in the north of France, Valenciennes, which was a really professional environment. People were really helpful, but also taught me what it meant to be a professional athlete, to have that kind of discipline, to have the desire to get every single day a little bit better and to really improve not only my basketball skills, but also my physical skills, my my basketball IQ, everything around it. But most definitely also I've learned there a lot of things about teamwork, like how can we as a team really perform at our best And that was really kind of the foundation or for me getting that kind of an education. It wasn't like a university education I was getting, but that kind of education I really got in the north of France early in my career. It was the the real life education. The university of life, which I like to call it. (laughs) But everything, again, went pretty quickly. And then after two years playing there, I got drafted. And that was a really a big, big jump again. I got drafted to go and play here in the WNBA. And I was a number one pick. That was like big. I didn't even know what was happening to me. (laughs) And that opened again a whole new world for me. Coming here to the States, 
it was a different culture and basketball of course is very very popular here and people are also even in a different way i would say maybe really how they look at basketball what they think about it how they see it and that was always so good for me to have all these different impressions all these different perspectives also on how to to play the game that i loved so much and where I could always take some stuff to learn and to get better. And so that's when I started in 2000, doing both seasons. So a lot of female basketball players, they play in the long winter. They play in Europe. So I've started in France, but afterwards I went to Russia, Spain, Turkey. And then in the summertime, we play here in the WNBA because it's only a summer season for now. But so that was kind of, for me, like really, honestly, a great life. You know, I was playing 12 months out of the year. No downtime. How does your body handle that? Yeah, that, that was a little bit the, the consequences. When you're in your 20s, everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and you can handle it. And all. Yeah, I loved it to play like at the highest level. But then once, yeah, you get a little bit older, it got harder. It did definitely got harder. And then I couldn't combine all the time, the two seasons in one year. So then I had to take sometimes a summer off to recover and to keep on playing then more so in Europe in the second part of my career. Even though in 2016, I still came back to the WNBA and I won the WNBA championship with the LA Sparks, which was also pretty awesome because that was my last season I was playing here in the WNBA and still getting that championship. And I know how hard it is to get it here because it's very competitive. It's 12 teams that are competing with each other. So it's been a journey. It's been a really, really nice ride, I would say. And now to see that I can transition in a different role, but still very close to basketball, it makes it even more special. Now seeing that I can take another role as an assistant coach here with the Chicago Sky, it's been new to me, but at the same time, I'm really, really enjoying it. Again, sharing all those experiences that I've gone through like throughout my career sharing them now with those younger players who have lots of talent but still can improve so much and i think i'm really starting to like that journey too i mean not only did you have a 20 year playing career with various teams but somewhere in the middle of that you had three children with your partner like how did you how do you fit all that in i'm thinking like the 12 months of basketball, traveling between Europe and, and the States, and then bringing kids and a whole family through the whole journey. How, how did that fit together? Well, I think I have to be very thankful having my family because they were the reason also why I was able to, to play that long and also chase my Olympic dream, which I just recently, just only last summer, and it was the first time ever that Belgium got to the Olympics and I was a part of that team. So it was like really, really a dream for me that came true. And I can honestly say it's really thanks to my family, my kids, my wife, that I was able to do that and really change that dream. So I'll take you a little bit back. At one point in my career, I was playing, like I just told you, in France. Then I went to Russia in the summertime here. Everything was around me. It was always around my schedule. And it was about when I have practice, when I have games. And at one point, I didn't feel like it was enough anymore for me. I needed more. I needed something else too. And I was already together with my wife. I met her pretty young and she was able 
able to travel a lot with me. So she knew the kind of life I had and that we had together. And it was just also a great, perfect time for us to start a family. And she was willing also to kind of be the prime caretaker, I would say, so that I could also still be a basketball player and focus on, on my career. But at the same time, having that balance, having a family, coming home to kids, coming home to my wife, it gave me really like, yeah, that, that kind of balance that at that time I, I definitely needed in my life. And so then we just took them everywhere we could, our kids, and we, we kind of had the same life we were having before, but now just we, we took all our kids with us. So we were pregnant actually at the same time, which was also pretty unique and pretty awesome experience. So you and your wife each were pregnant at the same yes. time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was who there. It was in all honesty, we had really nice pregnancies. So that time was really, really awesome because I had been playing like 12 years abroad and it was a time for me to just to be at home in Belgium, enjoying the small things of life. We just had built a house. We were like just decorating it, like just being really, really like chill at home with, with our friends, with our families, getting ready to really start our own little family. But once the babies were there, it was a little more challenging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. two babies at the same time, both of you recovering too. We underestimated that a little bit, that part, but oh my it was it was tough. I admit it was tough. And I must say, I think even more on my wife, because after three months, when I delivered our son, I had to be back on the basketball courts because I already signed a contract. So there was not, not a lot of time. And to Spain, we were there. And that's where I think it's also always important for any kind of leaders to have a great, what I always call it, a social network. Some people who you can fall back on and who you can rely on. And for me, it was definitely also my family. But at that time, when we were abroad in Spain with our two babies, well, all of a sudden, our social network was not there. So it was even harder, especially for, for my wife to really take care of two little babies while I was going on the road, sometimes playing games, having practices and all that. So I can definitely see how important it is to really have a good social network close by. This is another team on top of it, right? Another team that you've had to be successful with, you know, your family unit team, the four EuroLeague titles, the WNBA. You've had just what sounds like a number of successful teams. And, and you alluded to this earlier. I'm really curious to hear what in your career and your life, what have you found are those key ingredients to making a team work? Well, that's a great question because in basketball, you cannot do anything alone. You really have to have a great team. And like you said, I've been fortunate enough to really be on, on unbelievable great teams with lots and lots of talent. And it's true, I've won some titles and I'm really, really proud of them. But I've lost also lots of finals. And in my opinion, teamwork starts really when you have, first of all, a common goal. And that is, I think, really easy in sports. You start a season and you really want to win together. At the end of the season, lift that trophy, you know, really going for that championship. So that is very, very clear for us. And I think that's already in different kinds of businesses or corporates, it's always important to have 
a common goal. That's already the first step. But then you have all this talent together and now you have to make that talent work together and everybody has to be on the same page. For me, team, I always use it a little bit as, as the T for trust, the E for energy, the A for accountability, and the M for mindsets. Those four things are for me crucial for teamwork. And that I think a lot of things come into play, like trusting each other, having confidence in each other, really having specific roles also, understanding what does it take for you to make your team successful. And it's not always the same thing, you know, like there's different roles, but having different responsibilities, even sometimes, and being able to hold each other accountable, that is just really important. And I can give you an example. I think it's it's maybe easier. When we were playing with our Belgium national team, we had like recently success because we really understood that we are from a really small, tiny country, right? And we knew that we have talent. Yes, we had some talent because without talent, it's impossible also to get there. But then we really understood well, like maybe we were not the most physical team or not even the most athletic team. So we had to have something else like our team chemistry, our teamwork had to be like excellent to be able to you know compete with the biggest countries to even compete with the united states with france with russia with all those big basketball nations and that's how we understood that hey we have to really really play well together and having each other's back trusting each other and it's something that just doesn't fall from the air i don't believe in that because it's true like sometimes we do spend a lot of time together like and Sometimes with some teammates, of course, you're going to have a better click. You know, there's even sometimes friendships that come out of it. It's exactly the same with colleagues in the workforce. With some, you're going to have, you know, an actual click and you're going to feel good about it. But the most important thing is that you can work good together, that you guys can perform together as a strong team. And those were things we understood and we actually also worked on. We worked on not only on the court together and building those relationships on the court, but even outside of the court. We a lot of times had some sessions, like some kind of workshops where we, for example, had to share something of our life that nobody knew mm-hmm. or tell a little bit about our biggest moment of our career, but also about the lowest moment of our career. And those things, they do create some, some more depth and you can kind of build something and you can trust somebody maybe even a little bit better. And at the end of the day, that will also help to be more performant on the courts. So trust is definitely something that I would say is, is really a fundamental of teamwork. And it's something that you cannot neglect or think like, oh, you know, we're good. Like it's something that you have to keep on working on it as well. Otherwise, you cannot take that for granted for sure. It's it's easy to dismiss, okay, on a team, well, you play with them every day, you're sweating with people, you're in the trenches. And, but, you know, and just even hearing your start of your story, these are teams that are formed newly, right? Like anytime a new contract sign, there's a new team, anytime, like there's so many things and, and then the Olympic team, and that's a new team. And, you know, it doesn't, you, I love what you said. It doesn't just happen. The trust, 
it, no. it takes work. And, and something that you said very specifically was we worked on it by being vulnerable with each other. We shared vulnerably on and off the court, which created more depth. And I think that's something that like goes without saying, when you think of professional athletes, you don't think of vulnerability, but what you're saying is, Hey, when we were vulnerable, we connected with each other. We got more depth, which helped build trust on the court and on the team. Exactly. And being vulnerable with each other doesn't mean softer, you know, I come to a next step because if you have a good foundation of trust, then you can accept much more like the different roles there are in a team, the different responsibilities you have to take, and you can keep each other accountable because the trust is there. So you're able to tell somebody if they're doing amazing, yes, but if they didn't do what they were supposed to do, and that is also about keeping each other accountable, keeping each other kind of sharp also. So it's not when you're vulnerable, you're all of a sudden, you're like soft because in the sports world, a lot of times, you know, you have to be tough and you have to play through pain and all that. But at the same time, you also have to be able to really, if you want to be the best version of yourself, you also have to be able to show yourself vulnerable to your teammates because that's the only way how you will be able to perform at your best. So I think that's the next step where we also were really pretty open about it. And you can already imagine that in some teams, you have a different role and you have to be able to communicate well. I think that's something we do pretty well in sports. And I can only emphasize that like communication is just key to so many things. <laughs> and in, the, in corporate sense, it's exactly the same. If you communicate well with each other, you can avoid a lot of problems. So for us, it's exactly the same. Our communication has to be on point and it's different kind of communication. Sometimes on the court, it has to be short and sharp. And we know what we do. You have to call out a screen, left, right, whatever. It has to be there because if you don't call out the screen, your teammate is going to run into it. But then after a game, for example, you can analyze and you can have maybe a deeper conversation and that communication has to be also pretty good, I think. So to me, that's, that's a second layer, I would say, like having those responsibilities and they can vary like in different teams and accepting them and embracing them and playing and doing them to, to the fullest. And I think that's also really a key to, to success in different teams. A third layer, I would say, and that's something, again, if I can refer to the Belgium Olympic team, we knew that we had to have so much energy. We had to be so enthusiastic. And to me, that's something that is so, so crucial and it's been proven in the positive psychology. When you give a lot of energy, when you're cheering for each other, good things are going to happen, you know? Like, it's very easy to get a little bit in a negative spiral. But if you have a teammate who will pull you out of it, or if in your team the dynamic is mostly positive, then good things are going to happen. It's just the way it is in positive psychology. And I think that's something we really pay a lot of attention to. No negative body language, really being there for each other in harder moments. And that helps you to feel also again, more confident, trusting again each other that even in times when it's really not going your way and you just missed five shots in a row and they just scored on you or something like that, you will know that, okay, no, come on, what can I do now? Better, better to do in the next possession. Again, a little bit better and, and trying to, 
to find a way to to beat them. So it's about all this positive energies that you can create within a team. And usually it's it doesn't always start only from the coaches or from the leaders. It has to be carried by everybody, that kind of energy. And that is something also I think we can all work on because you can feel it right away, what kind of energy there is, what kind of culture they have. And it's also, again, easier said than done. And it's, again, something you have to work on every single day. So there's not a lot of secrets, I would say, to success, but it's definitely all those little things that make you successful at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's work. And you said it's simple, but it's hard to do, right? There's a lot of steps involved. And I think about like anytime there's a new team formed and or as a coach going into a new team, what is, if, if you're thinking of and speaking to the, the coaches uh, of the rest of the world, right? The, the leaders listening who are coaches of their team, what's the first thing that you do or would do with a new team, right? Of all of these things, where, where do you start? Well, I, I definitely would start with having great communication with each other and having that indeed like that positive body language, positive communication, really communicating well, what kind of roles they will have in this team, what do you expect? And then I'll come back to a next thing, what I think we do pretty well in, in the sports world is giving each other feedback. And that's something in corporate settings we can always use maybe even better. Yeah, I would say so. We are used to it. In basketball, from a young age, I wanted to get better and better. So I was going to listen to my coaches. I was going to look at my teammates, hey, what kind of move they have. I can maybe copy it or like, I just, I want feedback to get better. And there is not a negative connotation about feedback. Sometimes I feel like in, in corporate settings, there is. It's more like, oh, okay, this is something I haven't done well. I have to improve. But no, if you see it also, and, and it can start with yourself. It can start with like, how do I see feedback so I can improve? I can get better at? Or do I see it as something negative? Oh, he's not happy or she's not happy because I didn't do that the right way. So it's all about what kind of mindset you put into it. And especially leaders, it's very crucial the way you give feedback too. It's something you can't only be positive. No, because people just want honest feedback. Just really try to be as honest as possible. And if you are really a good leader, I think you can feel what kind of people need very direct feedback or some need maybe a little more explanation. So it's all about that. It's all about how can you improve your people and how can you make them better for the ultimate goal for your team to perform at their best? And I love the simplicity that you brought it down to. And it's funny because we talk about the importance of clarity and the importance of feedback as a gift. And you mentioned, right, giving clarity on the roles and expectations of the team and giving feedback to improve, giving the gift of feedback. And I, we talk about it all the time. Like, if you think about it as a gift, it's something that helps you. Gifts are good things that you want versus... Right. Like, oh, I have to, I have to hear what I didn't do well. It's like, no, I love that. Like, even from the beginning, I wanted that feedback because it was an opportunity for me to help improve. And that's just such a, it's a mindset. And I think it's so powerful. It is very powerful. And, and you can control that. That's the other thing. Sometimes we do waste a lot of energy on things we cannot control. 
and in, in sports again on a, on a basketball court. I had to learn that too. When I was young, I was sometimes also impulsive and I would get so angry sometimes with like decisions of a referee. I would lose myself in it. And then I understood, I think also with a lot of experience, like those are things I cannot control, you know? So just, I, I can't take my energy there. I, I'll have to focus on what I can control. And when you start looking at that, like I can't even control if we're going to win or lose. I can just control what I can bring and I can control my effort. I can control my attitude, all those things. I can control that, but I cannot even control if I'm going to make that basket or not. I'm going to try to, yeah, my best. But if you start thinking that way and not only on like the result, it kind of liberates you. I just have to focus on the things that I can. And I think that helped me too, for example, in very big games that I had to play. Finals are a game that will decide if you go to the Olympics or not. There's a lot of things at stake, you know. It's also, again, being in the moment. Just focus on the things that you know how to do, what you can control. And that does help, you know, to lower a little bit the stress level. And you can translate that again to the business world. When you have to give a really huge presentation, uh, lots of people there, and maybe you're not really used to it, well, take a deep breath, think about what you can control, and you're going to be fine. You know, if you prepare well, you will be good. So those are all the things that we've learned also uh, during my career that I can translate right now in a, in a more corporate setting. Ah, I love that. It reminds me of the John Wooden quote where, and for those of you who are listening, John Wooden is one of the more famous basketball coaches, college basketball coaches of all time. And he used to say, um, famous and successful. And he used to say, you know, uh, success is knowing that you've done everything you can to, to prepare and do your best. And, and I don't focus on the outcomes. I focus on how do we prepare to get ourselves there. And that was just, you know, all that you've just said is like, let go of what you can't control and focus on what you can control, which is how you show up, how you prepare, how you communicate, how you bring the energy. And this was just such a fun conversation. I'm grateful for the, the time you've spent sharing your story and I'm grateful for all that you've done. And, and I'm excited for the, the coaching career to continue on and all that you're going to continue to do to share these lessons with people in the corporate world and other basketball players coming up. Well, Aaron, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm always happy to share all those insights and, and some of, of the experiences. And I will get you some tickets, but I want to see you in the stand supporting the sky. Open Office and Direct is produced by Raise the Bar, where we help companies level up their leadership by empowering their managers with the tools, skills, and training to be better leaders of people. You can get in touch with us at raisebar.co. Thank you for listening and go put your learning into practice.